this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, it's the last week of 2017, which means it's the last episode of Season 7 of Dig Me Out. We have completed another year. This one flew by, Jay. I can't believe how fast uh, the year went and how many episodes we did that were, like, so good. I, and me, I'm not saying that, like, we were good, because we were probably not, but just... <laughs> how much good content we were able how many people we were able to talk to and so many good albums we were able to review and so many interesting discussions i mean you know we we helped guide those but it ultimately comes down to the guests and the music so hey we've said it before all we do is show up every week right exactly so uh if there's anything good happening it's either from a listener or a guest or we just show we just show up and turn the lights on right and i could not do this Without the uh, numerous people who support us over Patreon, I just want to say that up front, thanks to all those folks who donated either the 250 level or the dollar level. This is the first year the podcast is completely in the black at the end of the year, where we're actually going to be able to pay all of our bills going into the next season without any dipping into my pocket, which is nice. Now we just got to get out of my pockets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do we do that, Jay? <laughs> Tell me how we do that. Uh, so one of the things we need to do is mention up front that we're going to be wrapping up our discussion on Studio and their earphones, the Trey earphones that they have uh, generously uh, gifted to us. We spent some time with them back in October with the Regent headphones, and this month we've been checking out the tray earphones and we'll be doing uh, a little bit more on that just wrapping up our experience with them later on in the show but we want to remind people they can go to studiosweden.com that's s-u-d-i-o sweden.com you can catch them on twitter facebook and instagram and you can use the dig me out 15 that's dig me out one five code at the website to get 15 percent off of your purchase so, Jay, the itinerary for this episode is a little bit different than our normal episodes. It's our year-end wrap-up. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss our favorite episodes of the year. We're going to break them down by category. Favorite roundtable, favorite interview, favorite album review, and it has to be an album that we didn't pick. So, like, you can't pick, Jay, uh, for example, the Warrior Soul album. Was that this year? No, that wasn't this year. <laughs> yes, that was this year. Oh, okay, it was this year. Uh, you can't pick that record, um, and I can't pick uh, whatever one that I picked. I don't even remember. I don't think I really picked that many this year, to be quite honest. And then, uh, based on the suggestion of Steve Musinski, who said he liked when we did top five or top ten songs, uh, he wants to hear our song choices. So we're going to do a top five songs of the year from albums that we reviewed, and uh, Unfortunately, Crucifunkin by Grunt Truck is not eligible this year. <laughs> I know Neil Schmidt is upset about that. Uh, but unfortunately, I will not be able to pick that one this year. So I'll have to go with a different number one pick. But in my heart, Crucifunkin is always number one. It's a lot to live up to. It is. A lot of pressure on you. I mean, that, that was season one. It set the, uh, it set the bar. <laughs> it certainly did. It's a high bar, as they say. 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, Jay, let's start with our favorite roundtables of the year. Give me your favorite roundtable from 2017 and a runner-up. Uh, I'm going to go with – this was a hard one Yeah. because um, I always enjoy these because these are uh, usually an opportunity for us to kind of sit back and learn because very rarely are we the experts on any of these topics. Right. Um. I thought the Los Angeles in the nineties personally was fun. Uh, I learned a lot. We got to nerd out a little bit and, and actually talk quite a, quite a bit about the, uh, connection to Columbus, which was personally fun. I think for you and I, yep. um, but it just had, we had a good energy, I think on that. And, um, it was, it was one of those where I think we could kind of push back a little bit and just kind of let it go, which is a, always, uh, is nice. Um, mm-hmm. so I just thought that one, that one was, uh, it's, and it's also a scene I don't think pops into people's heads in terms of the nineties. I think people probably think more of the eighties, right? Um, but we've come across quite a few bands. Um, and I think we, we did, uh, a pretty good job covering the scene in the nineties as well. Yeah. You know, I actually picked that one as well. I liked it. It tied really with the Minneapolis one. I really love the digging your scene episodes, uh, yep. They're always my favorite to do each year because we find out so much information. The Boston episode, Chicago episode, you know, when we did Australia and started it all with that one. I mean, there's just so much information and so much rich history to these music scenes. We discover new bands to check out and we learn about, you know, new folks that were key to scenes and, and music stores and venues. And everybody's got a story to tell about their particular city. So it's a lot of fun when we get to do these. And and the Los Angeles one in particular, because um, it was a bit of, uh, you know, serendipity that we ended up getting a bunch of people unbeknownst to us that knew each other, uh, you know, that we, we didn't know that going in ahead of time that Kelly knew, uh, Brian, because we were getting Brian because of Sean, and and turned out that they, you know, and anyway, so it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot, and the and the, the Minneapolis episode would be my like my one B to that one A. Um, there was so much information about so many cool aspects of that scene, and getting to talk with um, Michelle again, and then having Sin and uh, Jamie on. It was just a, a really fun episode. I gotta say though, I did really enjoy the Kiss episode. That was my runner up episode for this um it's because i'm not that knowledgeable so getting to hear all the kiss fanatics uh who are on that episode <laughs> chime in and yeah. uh i got to really sit back and and learn a lot on that episode so that was a fun one as well yeah i mean that it's that's always i'm always looking for a chance to talk about kiss and nerd out so that's an easy one for me as well i i, I thought this the um sophomore slump both of them were good uh, and particularly the silver chair one stood out to me just because it made me um, just revisiting that record and listening to other people talk about it made me appreciate it differently. Yeah, I think. And, uh, um, which is what, you know, I think it was, it was in the spirit of the show where you can go back with fresh ears, kind of remove yourself from the time and just look at the work for what the work is. And, yep. um, I enjoyed everybody's point of view on that record. I ended up enjoying it, I think, more than I ever anticipated I would. So,
Jay, let's talk about our favorite interviews of the year. We did a lot, a lot of really fun interviews with people that we, you know, some people that we were trying to get on the show years ago. We were finally able to get them on the the podcast. And um, what's interesting is that the one that ended up being my favorite, just in terms of the story that was told about the band and the uh, the twists and turns and the and the dramatic events that happened um, was actually our one of our earliest episodes, and it was the interview with Joyce and Chick from Scarce, um, which was an actually and it was a requested review for the album Dead Sexy by Bradley Mellenbacher. And then um, ended up reaching out to, I think, Joyce first, and then she got Chick on the show. And and it was just such an interesting discussion with them about the history of the band and all the different uh, twists and turns that it took. And then Joyce has the book about her experience with being in the band and then what happened. And I just found that to be just a, a fascinating discussion with them. And then, you know, in terms of runners up, I mean, we got to talk to two people that I'm huge fans of in Tim Kasher and Eli Janney with, um, you know, bands like Cursive and Girls Against Boys. So those were, those were two like bucket list interviews. But we, I mean, we had so many good interviews from Marco DeSantis to just the, the recent one with Rick from uh, Every Mother's Nightmare. I mean, that was a really interesting interview too. So I, I kind of feel like uh, some of those interviews that we did early on i'd like to another shot at them in the in the uh, dig me out canon because uh i feel like we're a little bit i guess savvier as interviewers go i don't know if you feel the same way or not but uh yeah, yeah. we're, we're get, hopefully we're getting better at this um hopefully. i i had the same picks as you i thought that joyce raskin chick graining of scarce was really again what the show's about. It was a band I had never heard of, um, brought to us by one of our listeners. It ended up, I guess, kind of being a reunion in terms of, you know, them just really, I think, getting in touch again. And you could tell that they just, they had a genuine fondness for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in the time that they spent together making the record and being in the band. And, you know, I, I think in that way, there was no bitterness either, I think, which was um, refreshing. I mean, we love get, to get in the dessert as much as anybody, but I just really got the sense that they, they look back on it, um, just being thankful and, you know, hearing Chick's uh, story of, uh, uh, his health issues during the release of the record. And then right. Joyce's, uh, battle with, with cancer and sort of how that's come together f- for both of them. Um, it was just, I don't know, it just went in places I never imagined, you know, when, yeah. when you so you're going to go interview a band that you don't really know very well. You're just getting um, familiar with the record that's, you know, at that point over 20 years old. You know, you don't have no idea what you're going to get it, what you're getting into, and what you're going to get from any of these um, these artists. But mm-hmm. that really delivered, and and the record's fantastic. I mean, I it's I'm hard pressed. There's a lot of good records that we reviewed, but that one's one that's going to stick with me for a long time. So 
Well, I, and I was lucky enough afterward to um, communicate with Joyce a little bit, and I ended up getting a copy of the record on vinyl. So I'm happy to have that in my collection because it's it's actually it didn't come out I don't think in the U.S. on vinyl it only came out in the U.K. but she had a copy and uh, the track listing's a little different uh, so some of the hmm. songs that were B-sides in the U.S. are album tracks in the U.K. based on you know they do those weird things where they reshuffle albums and stuff for different territories so yeah that's and I think that album will come up again later. Did you have, uh, you know, I, 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 we didn't get to mention it in our uh, favorites or, or runners up, but the Greg Glover interview from uh, Arena yeah. Rock that was a lot of fun as well. And uh, first time we got a chance to talk to somebody that uh, ran a label, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally different perspective. We've talked to you know a lot, obviously a ton of musicians, a few people who have been on the different end of it, like. When we had Steve Fisk on, who's a producer, um, many years ago, uh, you know that gave us a little bit different perspective. And obviously, we had a lot of journalists, and they've had perspectives as well. But nobody who's actually you know run an indie label the way that he did. So it was a u- unique perspective uh, that we got. So Jay, as far as your album discovery of the year, uh, what is the album that? Uh, you're taking away from 2017 as uh, your pick for uh, the one that's sticking with you. Well, uh, I already gave Scarce their plug. Um, yeah. I could very easily pick that as well for this. Um, it top to bottom, there's not a bad song on there. And, and they are uh, managed to be really unique. Like mm-hmm. it, it, They don't sound like anybody else. Um Lot of so- there's a lot of familiar sounds on there that I like, but altogether it doesn't sound like any other band. Uh, highly recommend people go check that record out, which is available, I think, streaming just about everywhere. Yeah. But I'm going to go uh, with something else uh, since they already got some love. I'm going to call out Love Songs for Underdogs by Tanya Donnelly. This is a an album that I only heard the single maybe a couple times. And really, just kind of never spent any time with with her as an artist, um, and was blown away by this record. Um, uh, I love the variety. I love the quirkiness of it. Um, I love her vocals uh, and the performances. Uh, production sounds good. So this was a surprise for me. I didn't expect to like this album uh, much at all, and I ended up loving it. So. Love Songs for Underdogs by Tanya Donnelly is my pick. Any runner-up to that? Besides, so Scarcity, your runner-up? Maybe. I have a bunch here. Um, I went from a list of like 10 down to 1. I'll call out the Jennifer Trinan record as well, Cockamamie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another one. Again, I went in not really having uh, – I didn't know what to expect. And um, I came away being wild by how good of a guitar player she was. And yeah. A songwriter. So, yeah, I mean, those two really stood out to me. They were sort of at the top of my, uh, of my list. Yeah, I, I really liked the Jennifer Trinan record back when it came out. So I, I took that off my list just because I was already really familiar with it. Um, so I had Tanya Donnelly as my runner-up. Uh, I really liked that record just like you. It was a surprise. Uh, it uh, came out of nowhere in terms of I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. And I think we were both... You know, in the same 
boat as far as that. But the al- the album that stuck with me that I've continued to listen to, um, I've added to mixes on Spotify and and that sort of thing is the Spiritualized Adam album. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. This was a record that was like on my I need to listen to it list for years. And um, when I finally got around to it, I was in the right headspace in order to do so. I don't think I would have appreciated this record even five years ago. And uh, it just worked really well for me this year. I, you know, I dug into, I started listening to like all the re-releases and with there's multiple versions with, you know, three albums worth of bonus tracks and studio outtakes and demos and stuff like that. So um, Spiritualized is my uh, pick this year for um, album of the year. That was our Patreon vote from uh, 97 and, and Love Songs for Underdogs was our Patreon vote for 90, for August of 97. So uh, we owe a lot to our Patreon voters for bringing these <laughs> these records to our attention because without them, we would, we would not have uh, had the opportunity to review them. Yeah. Yeah. We always go, we tend to go with one of the records that we know. So yeah. the, the really the best way for us to discover is uh, through the Patreon picks, which honestly is the most fun. I think for, I'll, yeah. I'll speak for myself. I mean, that's one of the favorite, my favorite parts about doing this podcast is being able to dig into records that, uh, that are brand new for me. five songs for 2017 let's take a moment to talk about our studio tray earphones we are wrapping up our december uh with studio and uh, just some final thoughts i know we've we've covered a lot in the previous three episodes on the on the tray um like I mentioned in the last episode i gave away my earbuds so i've pretty much committed to <laughs> to uh, using these going forward and uh, I'm pretty happy with them. I actually, uh, you know, I had mentioned that I was frustrated with my earbuds because of when I would mow, um, they would fall out about halfway through because my ears Mm. would get a little sweaty and there's no way for me to replicate that exactly because I can't mow right now as it is about 40 degrees here in Columbus uh, so I won't be getting behind the lawnmower until you know May, maybe April. So what I did was instead I got on our elliptical, and I rocked the elliptical over the weekend with mm-hmm. my with my tray earphones on, and uh, they were they they uh, stayed along with me. They didn't fall out, and uh, you know I didn't I didn't work up a crazy sweat or anything like that. I'm not you know yeah. I was just trying to. I was just trying to see if I could knock them out, basically. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't. So I. Nice. That little, you know, I, I'm sure that they did a lot of testing, and I'm sure they did, you know, all sorts of uh, 
uh, beta testing as far as the uh, actual how it fits. But like that little curvature thing that they put in there, I've had the ones with that have like a little plastic hook that wraps around your ear. So they're earbuds, but then they would wrap around your ear and go behind your ear. I wouldn't like that. And I hated those. Like I tried them and I got them for like, you know, 25 bucks at a Best Buy. Yeah. Thinking, okay, well, these will stay in my ear when I'm mowing. But they got, they were so painful. Yeah. That I would just get rid of them almost immediately. I can imagine that. The, the, the beats ones are like that. I see them. First, they kind of look ridiculous. There's just way too much going on. And then anything that's putting pressure on the back of your ears, um, it's bad news. Yeah. And so it's funny because you know, I'm not really a brand person and I'm not really someone who, um, you know, is advocating for certain products. It's just not my personality. I don't talk. I don't, I'm not like talking to my friends and be like, Hey, have you tried this new blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> so you're saying you're a normal human. I'm, I'm normal, but you know, some people are re- like really, if they're into something that they just got there, like want to tell you about it immediately. And I'm, I'm not like that. Yeah. But a couple times in the last week in the, this month, probably last two weeks, it's happened yeah. the last two weekends where I, somebody has, we've started talking about something and somehow we were talking about music and, uh, we got, I got on this topic of how we listen to music and I, I brought up the, the tray headphones and they were like, Oh, I'm going to have to check those out. Cause like we would get into like, well, what do you use? Well, I use earbuds. Oh, well they're painful. Yeah. They're painful after a couple yeah. You know, after a little while. And then we'll have you go into the wireless. I'm like, yeah, but I don't like them because you could lose one of them. And they're like, yeah, I hate that. I don't want to lose one of them. And then I have to spend money and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And uh, so I, <laughs> I've been advocating for these. Uh, and I, I, I was not my intention to be like, right. Mr. Uh, I'm not trying to run some sort of pyramid scheme or anything like that. Like <laughs> where I'm trying to like loop people into <laughs> buy these headphones or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've re- I, I genuinely enjoyed them. So. Good. I'm uh, set to travel here, so they'll be in my bag. Um, pr- I'm probably going to end up. Uh, I think Courtney, my wife's going to end up stealing these from me. She's been, she's been grumbling. She's the only one in the house that doesn't have a nice pair of headphones. So, I think uh, maybe on the trip or when we get back, I'll uh, relent and have give her the trays. I think those would be a good fit. She watches a, she watches a lot of movies on her phone. <laughs> So this what? I think will be good for yeah. She like walks around the house watching TV shows and movies on her phone. So I think this would be a good fit for that. And then she takes a lot of phone calls too. Um, and that'd be perfect if you just want to have them on while you're working and you have you know a lot of phone calls coming during the day. Right. You just you know answer them right on there and you're good to go. You can get up and move around. You're not tripping over cables or getting up and walking and having the cord yank out of your laptop or your phone or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pack them up and probably come back and, uh, gift them to my wife. So well, there I've been happy. No, yeah, they're really, uh, for, for, especially for, uh, for in-ears, they're, uh, really great product. And I, I didn't think I would like this, but I, I really do like that they don't completely block out sound because I have, noise canceling headphones and then I have the other studio over ears or on ears. Yep. Those do a good job of, you know, keeping sound out when you want that. 
But there's sometimes when you want to know what's going on around you. And these do a great job of just making you aware of your surroundings, be able to hear your surroundings. But also it just sounds like there's a good pair of speakers like close to your ears. Yeah. So I love that. So let's let people know studiosweden.com. That's S-U-D-I-O, Sweden.com. They can go there. They can use the Dig Me Out 15. That's Dig Me Out 15 promo code to get 15% off of their purchase. They can go to Twitter, Studio Sweden, Facebook, Studio Sweden, and Instagram, just Studio, to find out information and uh, look them up on the various social media outlets. And we need to thank uh, Studio for working with us again. It was a lot of fun, and I'm really happy we got to uh, try out this product. So... Uh, if you have a product and you'd like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, pizza, we would be happy <laughs> to try your pizza. All right, Jay. So let's talk about our Patreon voters. We put up a poll before we get to our our top five songs. We're going to talk about the polls for each of the uh, various um, categories. Uh, we put them up. We let people vote. It was we turned it around pretty quick because we. Uh, Put up the polls uh, just the other day. So um, this is where we're at as far as voting goes. Luckily, we're not doing any tiebreaker you know, type stuff as far as this goes. But uh, for our favorite interview of Season 7, our Patreon voters tied between Greg Glover and Eli Janney. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Steven chimed in he said when he first became a fan of the podcast i used to skip a lot of the interviews it was an artist from a band that i wasn't familiar with i just didn't see the point but somewhere along the line possibly the interview with the general gentleman from mink that changed i gotta tip my hat uh i think you guys do a great job in the interview episodes good questions good pacing and you generally seem to keep your guests engaged and eager, eager eager to keep talking this season there was no exception Tim Kasher, Eli Janney, Marco DeSantis were all A-plus in my opinion, but I have to go with the Greg Glover. Could have gone another hour. Yes, I agree. <laughs> nice. I, and I love that he called out the Mink interview because that was one where, I mean, for you and I, we had a lot of interest in that. Yeah. Because we had so many questions about that band. But we go into that wondering, does anybody else other than, than the two of us care about this? I mean, they were just, I mean, that's, they're so obscure. Right. Um, so... Great to hear that somebody else got uh, enjoyed it and got something out of it. So, so for favorite roundtable discussion, we got another tie. Jay Kiss and Freak Show by Silverchair Sophomore Slump. They tied. Hmm. With the Kiss the, one's tough just because it was so recent. I almost feel like it's we're biased, right? But the uh, Los Angeles in the '90s and compilation albums tied for second. Compilations, yeah. If we didn't mention that one. Yeah, that was a good one. one. Was, yeah, that one was tough. That and the TV soundtracks were tough for me because it was. Um, I felt like I was discovering those during my research. Like every day, I would come across a whole new slew of them that I forgot and couldn't find. They were just so hard to do the research on both of those. All right, and we did two different polls for album discovery of the year because obviously we cover so many albums. So uh, in the first one. Love Songs for Underdogs won, got 38% of the vote, followed up by a tie, Gran Turismo by the Cardigans and Stained by Living Color, 
and then transmission by the Tea Party. And then in the second voting, we had a massive tie between Ruth Ruth's Laughing Gallery, David Lee Ross, A Little Ain't Enough, Speaker Small Speaker Joyland by Violetine, uh, Super Transatlantic Shuttlecock, Rat Cat's Blind Love, and <laughs> Brainiac's Hissing Prigs instead of Culture. Culture. <laughs> Were these all uh, Patreon picks that everybody just basically picked for pick their own record? Yeah, I think everybody just picked their own record. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh... Next year we'll do it a little differently. We'll have to. Nice. So thanks everybody for voting and and chiming yes. in with that. So let's get on to our final category: our favorite five songs of 2017, the season of seven. Jay. What's your number five song? Cross-Eyed by Brendan Benson. I like I like this record a lot. This is one that really stood out to me. It's got a really mm-hmm. quirky like chorus that I just sticks in your head, and it reminds me a lot of the record tour stuff. Like you can definitely hear, yeah, um, his piece of that band. So, yeah, that's my number five. Good choice, Jay. All Sideways by Scarce. That is my number five choice. I love the guitar riff in that song. The whatever he's doing, it's super cool. And um, it just it hits you and it's like nothing uh, you've ever heard before with regards to there's just so much cool stuff going on in that song. The weird vocal uh, falsetto he's doing and the big chorus. It's just just such a cool, weird song and really stuck with me uh, throughout the year. So any song that becomes an earworm where I can't get out of my head for like a week or two afterwards and I carry it around with me i i know that's a good song and i i you know keep keep a list of those so jay number four song of the year what's your pick knock me down by jennifer tryon uh big chunky riff i love the harmonics which we talked about a lot when we reviewed the record yep um just a cool groove good chorus uh great song agreed <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna pick a song from the album Laughing Gallery by Ruth Ruth, and that's Uptight. It's not the lead single, which was Uninvited. I, I really dug this song because it is interesting both that it's this super compact little you know pop rock song, but then they do these like really cool um, modulations in it that are a, a little more musical, and I think that's what I really dug about that band and that album is that even though they're, you know, it's a straight up sort of pop rock punk album, 
with some alternative rock sounds. There's also a lot of really cool musicianship, and and you can tell the guys knew what they were doing. And that was a fun episode because we got to have it uh, do that with Jeff Takis, who actually wrote a you know a history of that band for uh, Punktastic, and he's super knowledgeable about that band. So that was a lot of fun. So Uptight by Ruth Ruth is my number four pick. Jay is your number three pick. Anytime by Cheap Trick. Love the kind of funky drum part that the uh, song starts with and the features in the verse. And then it goes into this great fill and just a huge chorus. Great performance by Robin Zander. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy. This this record reminded me uh, not, not as much of their of their debut record, which it shares a name with, um, as the In Color record, which is probably my favorite Cheap Trick record. Um, just overall awesome song in their catalog. And that was a lot of fun, that episode, because we got to have Colin Gowell from Watershed and his various bands on to discuss that with us. And he's a huge Cheap Trick fan. Uh, actually fronted a band called uh, Why Isn't Cheap Trick in... Was it, what was it? Was it called Why Isn't Cheap Trick in the Hall of Fame? Rock Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame yeah. Yeah, yes. un- until they were. So uh, my number three pick is a song from Lisa Loeb's Firecracker, which was an album that we we didn't love the record, but I did really like the song Falling in Love. I thought it was a great Uh, ballad. I thought maybe she uh, covered Crucifunkin. No, she did not cover (laughs) Crucifunkin. But the song Falling in Love, I, I highlighted it during that episode. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, maybe we had an issue with the production on some of that record, but I just think that that's just a super well-crafted song. Um, I think if you gave that to, uh, you know, somebody today, like a, I don't know, like a Casey Musgraves or a, or a Lydia Loveless, I think they would do something amazing with it. So hopefully they'll rediscover that song. Cause I think that's a, it's a great song. Nice. Jay, I like number- that you found something from a, I like that you found something from a record we hadn't talked about yet. Yeah. Number two, I'm going to do Jay. the same. What's your number two? What, oh, I'm curious what record this is going to be. Uh, the song Any Day from uh, Violentine. Is that yeah. what they're called? Violet- yep. Violentine. Uh, great rock song. Um, upbeat. Low, it's a head bobber. Um, great riffs. Unique tone to this this whole record, but you hear it specifically on this song. Um, kind of fuzzy, but also very sharp. Um, and yeah, great tom part on the drums. It's got all the best elements of a upbeat 
alt rock song. So yeah, I dig it. Well, keeping the, uh, you know, albums we haven't mentioned theme, Jay, this is going to be another album we haven't yet mentioned. And I'm going to mention the album woman's got to have it by corner shop. And I'm going to pick the first song off that record, which is 6am Juliander sheer. Um, it's the, I think the song that we both agreed we would have liked to have heard a little bit more of that sound uh, instead of some of the more forced uh, Brit pop indie rock sounds. Um, I was really taken with that song with its rhythms and its um, melodies, and it actually sent me on a pretty uh, long discovery path of digging into some more world music that I had not uh, discovered that I had not really listened to previously. Um, ended up talking with one of our listeners who indicated they had some knowledge, uh, with regards to Indian music. And I was able to, I actually ended up picking up some, uh, some Ravi Shankar, uh, sitar albums that are really interesting and have some connection to, uh, the corner shop record in terms of some of the more traditional sounds on that record. So um, that was a really interesting discovery for me, and I'm glad I, we got to listen to that record, even though that record, again, was not overall what I think we were hoping for, but uh, there were some really interesting sounds on the record, so I'm glad we got to listen to it. And that was a David Gorgos pick who came back out of nowhere to pick that record. So Jay, yeah, we've reached the end of the line. Our number one pick for song of the year. What's it going to be? Ooh, this was tough. Um, so we talked about the record a lot. So I got to go back to Scarce and try to find something off of that. Um, the one that really stood out to me right now, which again, there's not really a bad song on that record. And, and every time I listen to it, I probably would have a different favorite song, but Right now, I'm going to call out Glamorizing Cigarettes. Um, you know, it's a verse that, I don't know, maybe sounds a little um, replacements-esque, um, kicks right in to the vocal. and But it's really when they get to the chorus and just the chord changes and um, how that shifts and where it goes um, really grabs me every time. So uh, love that record, love that band, and this is a standout track for me. That's a great pick. I had a real hard time figuring out which uh, scarce song I was going to put on my top five. But uh, I am surprised, Jay, that in your top five you did not mention Love Songs for Underdogs because I thought that a song would pop up. I thought it was going to be this song, which is my number one, <laughs> which is The Bright Light. Yeah. Uh, that's my number one. That is a that is yeah. the earworm of earworms for this year. The, um, the vocal or keyboard and vocal or keyboard or, or or saw or whatever the heck they're doing in that song 
uh, in the pre-chorus and yep. in various parts of the song. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. And uh, it stuck with me. And I know we discussed it at length. I might have even tweeted at Tanya Donnelly asking for an explanation via the <laughs> Dig Me Out podcast account. Just what the heck is going on with that song and that sound? Because I couldn't figure it out. And, uh, you know, there was no response. She, and she blocked you. And she blocked me. <laughs> and she reported me and I was suspended for 24 hours from Twitter for harassment. Uh, I uh, felt bad. Uh, I, I felt like because I gave, you know, gave her the best record that be a little much to go for best song too. But I'm there. That song's awesome. And, yeah. And I, I think that one, um, to me, it works better as a record. Like yeah, I, I enjoy I agree. more when I listen top to bottom than I do when I just cherry pick tunes off of it. Um, just outside my top five, I do want to mention I, I really like the song "You Let You Let a Lot of People Down" from the Cheap Trick record. Yeah, that's uh, good too. Just it's classic Cheap Trick, just mm-hmm. classic Cheap Trick. So, and there were other ones, "No Aphrodisiac" by the Whitlams from Eternal Nightcap. That was a really cool song, and "Temptation" from the Tea Party. There was just a lot of cool tracks here and there that we got to listen to. So, um, I wanted to. Uh, uh, I had a couple Caulfield songs on my yeah. list. That got got taken out at the last minute. I also like the uh, Ruth Ruth record. There was a couple tunes off of that that I really like. So, yeah, it was tough. So, Jay, this is the point where we're actually going to discuss, we're going to preview what is going to happen next year. This is a, a big year for us because almost all of our reviews are spoken for. It's the first time... Uh, since we've been doing this, that uh, you know, pretty much the whole season's locked in already. In term, now we don't know every single review, but we know that who's going to pick them and roughly when they're going to be picking them. In fact, uh, I can tell you that you know, going into January, we already know what our first uh, we know we already know what our January is looking like. So of course, of course, Gavin Reed has the first pick of twenty seven or twenty eighteen. And we're going to do a band called The Mark of Cain, uh, which is, uh, you know, unfamiliar to both of us, I'm sure. And uh, he's so the legend of Gavin Reed is that he sent us a USB stick back in like season either end of season one or beginning of season two. And it was filled with all these obscure 90s Australian bands that we had never heard of. Now, of course, we've gotten Mm -hmm. to like half of those bands. Uh, but this is yeah. one that we have not yet gotten to. The Mark of Cain's album, Ill at Ease. That'll be our first review of 2018. You'll be seeing the post go up soon, and you'll be able to comment on it at uh, various you know, places, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, then after that, we're going to be checking out some bands such as The Gathering. Jay, are you familiar with them? 
No. How about Turbo Negro? Oh, yeah. Which record? Apocalypse Dudes. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. That's an Eric Peterson pick. Good. I know that one. Yeah, well, and there's going to be more. We have uh, some picks, um, you know, throughout the year from our various, I think there's 27 Patreon uh, subscribers who are going to have picks next year. Now, nice. on top of that, from February all through November, all the way through November, so 10 months straight, there's going to be a Patreon vote every month. Yep. And that, you don't have to be at the 250 level. You can just be at the dollar level in order to vote and have your comment uh, you know, as a part of the show for those episodes. So, uh, And as we mentioned in the last episode, Patreon uh, changed their mind and will not be adjusting the uh how they collect their funds so you if you're if you're paying a dollar a month you're paying a dollar a month and that's it it's not a dollar 29 based on what they were trying to do which uh you know it, from their perspective it made sense but from our perspective it did not because if you're if you're pledging <laughs> 20 dollars a month 29 cents doesn't make a difference if you're pledging a dollar a month yes it does yeah well it was the way they position it to you and I was completely different too. Like it starts off right. like, Hey, we're not going to be taking uh, any money from you. In fact, we're going to be taking less. Right. We're going to take it from your listeners. <laughs> What's the part, the second paragraph. <laughs> so they're going to have to figure out another way because that don't work. I mentioned, you know, obviously we're going to be doing um, round tables in 2018. We do them every year. We have our regular episodes. You know, Jay, we have our, you know, uh, digging your scene and those sorts of things. Next year, I'll just give you a, a, an early preview of some of what we're going to be doing. Uh, it's going to be two, 2018, so we'll be going back to the episodes of night or the albums of 1998, just like we have in the past years with 97 and 96. We'll be talking about the albums that have stood up to the test of time and maybe some that didn't and some that we missed the first time around and some that we're happy we have found and that sort of thing. We're going to be doing some genre dissections next year, Jay. Our genre dissections will be on stoner rock and, oh, power, yeah. and power pop. Very I can't nice. believe we haven't done those yet. I know, especially the Powerpuff one, because we've talked about it so much yeah. uh, through different reviews. So that makes a ton of sense. Now, for our Digging Your Scene episode, this is one that we've been wanting to get to, I think, for a while, because a lot of bands have come up, and we keep talking about this city, but we can't. we, we haven't actually discussed the scene, and that's New York City in the 90s. You know, we've talked about Girls Against Boys. We've talked about Degeneration and New York Loose. And we've talked about, uh, well, it's Quicksand. Were they from New York? And Helmet. And, you know, there's a lot. Or Into Another. That was one that just came up mm. this year. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of bands from New York City. And we've, you know, between us, we've talked about wanting to do that. So we're finally going to get to it. We're going to have some interesting guests for that episode. And then we're also tentatively this could change but we're tentatively planning on doing a digging your scene for what i'm calling the golden triangle of ohio uh columbus cincinnati and dayton are going to get their own digging your scene the scene between those three cities in in the 90s was pretty interesting they're all pretty small so and they're all pretty linked all those bands would cover you know they're two hours apart basically from each other 
an hour from Dayton to Cincinnati, an hour from Columbus to Dayton, two hours from Cincinnati to Columbus. So it's a it's a small area to cover. There's a interesting connections between all those cities and the various bands that played and you know, so we're gonna cover that. We're gonna be doing our in the nineties episodes, Jay. And these are gonna be two huge ones. I mean these are gonna be massive episodes. You two Whoa. Yes. And Aerosmith. Wow. Those are two uh two good ones. Huge bands. Yes. Still together with original members. Oh yeah. And the nineties were definitely interesting for both of them. They almost they really kind of became different bands during that time. So absolutely. We'll have a lot to talk about. Um we'll be doing, of course, our sophomore slump. We'll only be doing one next year because we're adding a new yearly episode or, or yearly roundtable um, series. Um, in addition to Sophomore Slump, we're going to be doing an episode for a roundtable series called uh, Origins, which is where we take a band that blew up in the 2000s, but actually started in the 90s, and we're going to go through their catalog in the 90s and see where they started, where this band that maybe was on an indie label or or was a smaller band in the 90s, and then became hugely popular popular in the 2000s and today. Um, we're going to look back at them. Um, for example, our first episode will be on a small little band you might have heard of called Spoon. You now know them as being a band that has had huge singles and puts out an album every couple years and you know tours constantly and plays the all the late night shows and does the festivals. But they actually started out with a pretty interesting career trajectory in the 90s. So we'll be talking about that. And then we'll have, um, you know, some one-off episodes of for roundtables, which we'll get to. And then in December, we're actually going to make December a regular yearly roundup of new albums that are relevant to the podcast. So when, you know, whoever... If Dinosaur Jr. or Wilco or, you know, any of those bands, Garbage, puts out a new record next year, uh, that'll be a part of our end-of-the-year wrap-up of new records. Well, we did that a couple years ago with uh, five-minute reviews. We're essentially going to do that again. We'll just do a quick five-minute review of a record that came out during 2018. We're going to have a whole bunch of different people on, a whole, a whole, bunch, of, a whole bunch of different folks on to discuss uh, one or two records, so... Uh, you know, if there's one that you're particularly passionate about and you want to talk about during the year, uh, let us know and we'll add it to the list. We're hoping to hit, you know, in, with only five minutes, you know, per review, we can hit like 20, you know, reviews pretty cool and, and make it a, a reasonably length episode. We might do a hundred reviews. Speed round. Crazy. We'll do a hundred episodes or a hundred reviews throw, in one episode. You just throw it to me. If I don't like it, I'll just groan. Yeah. And silence means I liked it. It'll be either like the sound of cheering or the sound of a of a raspberry fart. Like, <laughs> there you go. So I'm not going to give away all the all the episodes that we're going to do for the round tables, but that's basically you know what we're going to be hitting next year. So a uh, lot of stuff to look forward to. A, a lot of stuff like I can't. I, you know, it's going to be year eight, and I can't believe we hit didn't hit some of these things already. So it's going to be a lot of fun. One last thing, Jay. We have a contest going on. A giveaway. Nice. 
And uh, you have a couple more days, if you are listening, in order to sign up. You can win from Newberry Comics, the white vinyl limited release of Dig Me Out, Sleater Kinney's album for which this podcast is named, as well as a copy of Tom Mullen's latest or, or first book, because I think he's already starting on uh, volume two, Anthology of Emo. It's a collection of interviews with uh, various folks from the emo music community and highly recommended. If you do not win that, you should pick that up. It's an excellent read. Already dug into that one. And um, all you have to do is be a, be a Patreon patron by midnight on January or, or December 31st. And then on January 1st, the next day, on New Year's Day, we will announce the winner of those two items. I already have a box taped up and ready to go. I just need to slap an address on it. And somebody's going to get that with a with a couple of possibly Dig Me Out stickers in there as well. I don't we want dig to... Me. I don't want to undersell we have, those. We have dig me out stickers. Yes, Jay. Well, if you know. go to our Zazzle page, Jay, you can uh, <laughs> where you can order T-shirts and whatnot. Uh, I actually made stickers, and then I, I bought a sheet of stickers so I can throw them into. Whenever we do a giveaway, I throw a sticker or two in there, so people can uh, slap wherever they put a sticker these days. I don't know on the back of their car. What uh, tops, man? And they're what? On their laptops. On their laptop. Yes, there you go. So, Jay, that's it. We are done with 2017. Season 7 is in the books. Anything else? I close up that's shop? That's it. Just thanks, everybody, for continuing to listen. I don't think either of us ever dreamed we'd be doing this for seven years, but no. uh, it's been it's been pretty great. And um, we've, got a, uh, we've got a new website that's going to be launching here in hopefully a couple weeks. So yep. looking forward to bigger and better things for season eight yes eventually uh we will both quit our jobs and do this full time at the moment we can't do that and then we will launch dig me out 80s dig me out 70s and the full host of vidcasts and uh you know the whole dig me out universe connect interconnected universe will come together and uh we'll be able to retire with our sweet sweet Patreon money. But How fun would Dig Me Out 70s and 80s be? Oh, you don't understand. Like, I already have all the episodes figured out. Like, <laughs> I, that's what I do in my free time is I just create a spreadsheet in, in Google Docs. And I'm like, I want to do this record. And I want to do this yeah. record. And I want to interview this person. I want to do Dig Me Out the Aughts and, yeah. and all these records, you know, because I want to get to the Pride Tiger record, uh, you know. <laughs> well, we just need a couple more patrons. Patreon subscribers. Yeah. A few we're more. So, we're so close to, to doing the uh, the complete uh, dig me out every dig me out decade by decade. And then we'll move into multimedia and uh, start putting out uh, DVDs, instructional DVDs on how to uh, create your own DVDs. <laughs> Who has a DVD player? I don't have a DVD player. What? You don't have a DVD player? No. God, no. Do they still sell those? Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for keeping this podcast going. We wouldn't be doing it without you. If you like what you heard, there's the iTunes, the feedback. 
We appreciate those who have added new reviews recently and given us five stars. That is very generous of you. Personally, I think we're probably more four star, uh, but uh, five stars is fine. The latest one, the title was full dedication to the concept. <laughs> and that might be the best review you could possibly give us. That is that's true. Exactly what we've been committed to doing. Absolutely. All right, Jay, the year is ending. I need to go uh, chill my champagne for the uh, New Year's celebration and uh, put on my pajama pants because I ain't going out. Good for you. (laughs) I'm going to sit at home and I'll be in bed by 10. There's no way I'm staying up till midnight. You go. You be you. Thank you. All right. (laughs) For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next year with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber or request a review at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com. 